Okay, and I think that does it. Hi, Ryan. Wow, this is an amazing spread. What are all the snacks for? We're having our AAPI Heritage Month party today. Did you forget? Ooh, it totally slipped my mind. I've got ube cupcakes from my favorite Filipino bakery, soup dumplings from my favorite Chinese spot, and mochi ice cream from the Japanese ice cream shop. Ah! Is that a gremlin that just ran by? No, that was actually a mogwai. I'll explain later. Wow, okay. Happy AAPI Heritage Month. I'm Pamela Kirkland. And I'm Ryan Willard. It's Wednesday, May 10th. This is the 10 News. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. I'm Filipino, so this is a special month for me and everyone with Asian or Pacific Islander heritage. But what exactly is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? 10 News correspondent Kareen Katabayan is here to drop some knowledge. Hey, Ryan and Pamela. I just picked up this cool new history book and wanted to share what I read. I love reading, but I love story time even more. Here, Pamela, I made us some chicharron. Ooh, let's get comfy. Long ago, there was a Japanese teenage boy named Manjiro who loved to fish and sail. One dark night, while on a fishing trip with his friends, Manjiro got caught in a violent and dangerous storm. The storm took Manjiro and his friends far away from their village, leaving them stranded on a desert island. It was difficult for them to contact anyone for help since at the time, there were no gadgets. So they waited and waited and waited. One day, Manjiro spotted a big ship coming closer to them. Ahoy there! Could it be? The long wait is over, Manjiro thought. Alas, it was the John Howland whaling ship. On board was USC Captain William Whitfield. Captain William was on a five-year voyage around the Pacific when he and his crew spotted Manjiro, his friends, and their wrecked ship. So Captain William took them along and they all sailed around the Pacific. At the end of the voyage, Manjiro's friends disembarked in the Hawaiian Kingdom's Honolulu. Manjiro, on the other hand, wanted to stay behind to learn some more. Manjiro traveled with Captain William all the way to Fairhaven, Massachusetts. Now in America, Manjiro went to school and his favorite subjects were English and navigation. But after a few years in America, Manjiro missed his home. So he set sail back to Japan. But it was a risk coming home. At the time, it was traditional for Japanese citizens who left the country for any reason to be punished harshly. So even if Manjiro was afraid to go home, he was determined to make his way back to his country to share everything he's learned with his friends. When he arrived in Japan, he was questioned by leaders and was held under house arrest. He constantly tried convincing authorities he didn't do anything wrong. Until finally, after six long months, he was finally released. Yeah! Manjiro was relieved and happy to start his new life back in his home country. To make things even better, 
Manjiro became a samurai to the shogun and was told to educate other samurai about foreign affairs. After this, more and more Japanese started to visit the United States. Bigger groups of Japanese moved to America and started working as farmers and fishermen. Whoa, wait. So Manjiro was kind of like the first Japanese immigrant to set foot in America? Exactly. And so that's why almost 200 years later, we celebrate Asian immigrants in America. The month of May in particular, because this month is when Manjiro and other Japanese immigrants arrived in the United States. That and the completion of a transcontinental railroad, which was constructed mostly by Chinese immigrants. Today, it's established as the Asian American and Pacific Islander, or AAPI Month. That is awesome and makes me so proud to be a part of this group. It's a large and diverse community from East, Southeast, and South Asia and the Pacific Islands of Melanesia, Micronesia, and Polynesia. There's roughly around 20 million Asians and 600,000 native Hawaiian residents in the country. That's incredible! The AAPI is the fastest growing demographic group in the U.S. How do you plan to celebrate, Corrine? It's actually my first time to celebrate because I just moved to the United States. I'm so excited because being a Filipina is one of the things I'm most proud of. This month, I plan to eat Filipino food, watch Filipino movies, and listen to OPM, or Original Filipino Music, to celebrate my culture. I love being Filipino. This month is my excuse to devour all the Filipino and Asian foods my heart desires. Oh, you also need to teach me some more Tagalog words, Karine. What if I wanted to say thank you in Tagalog? Salamat po is what you would say. You add po to show respect or when talking to an elder. Well, salamat, Karine. That was awesome, and I cannot wait to learn even more about the Philippines and other AAPI cultures this month. Anytime, Ryan. You're getting close. Happy AAPI Month, Tenors. How are you celebrating AAPI Month? Mother's Day is almost here, so we asked our tenors to send us their Mother's Day tributes in the form of breaking news. For example, breaking news! Lori Kirkland is the best because she's the best listener. You can call her for anything. Take it away, tenors. Breaking news from Allie and Ben. Marcy Larson is the best mom because she is fun to play with and she's always in a good mood. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. My name's Oliver. I'm, I'm 11 years old. I'm going to be 12 soon. Taking notes. My mom is the best mom because she always looks the best. Even when I wake up like right when school's about to start, she always does the best to make sure I get to school on time and takes me up early from school too. That is so she is definitely the best mom. My name is Saruna Wuhansu. I'm 7 years old and my mom Karina Carreon Reyes is the best because she's really nice and always makes make sure that we're okay. Breaking news! Misty is the best mom because she puts cookies in my lunch. Thank you, Mama! Hi, I'm Zakai. I'm eight years old. I like to shout out my mom. She's the best mom because she visits everything that my school does. Bye! Those were so good, and we have even more. 
Stay tuned for later in the episode for more Mother's Day tributes. Ah! The gremlin is back. Brian, help! Calm down, Pamela. It's just a mogwai. It will only become a gremlin if it eats after midnight. Got it. But, um, why is there a furry mythical creature here in the studio? Because there's a brand new animated gremlin show coming to Max called Gremlin's Secrets of the Mogwai, and the showrunner, Z Chun, is here to tell us about it. Oh, okay, that's exciting. I'll hide the snacks from the Mogwai. All right, Tenors, I am here with the man, the myth, the legend. I'm not going to tell you who he is. I'm going to let him do that. So, sir, could you please tell us who you are, where you're from, and what it is that you do? Hi, my name is Z Chun, and I am a writer and executive producer and showrunner of a new Gremlins animated series that's going to be on Max. Amazing. Now, I'm a big fan of the Gremlins movies from the 80s, but can you explain the world of Gremlins for our tenors who might not have seen the films? Sure. So the original movies came out in the 80s, and they're about a a teenager who meets a little creature called Gizmo. And Gizmo is really adorable. And the issue is that Gizmo comes with rules. And uh, the rules are you can't feed them after midnight, you can't expose them to bright light, and um, you never get them wet. And in the movie, when they get wet, uh, they spawn, and if they eat after midnight, they become something that we call an evil mogwai. So they go from being something that's really cute and cuddly, almost like a puppy or a kitten, to something that's evil and scary and mischievous. Awesome. And the original movies took place here in the United States and the series takes place, is it in China? That's right. So in the original movies, there is a character called Mr. Wing and Mr. Wing owns a, like an antique shop that has all these cool kind of old things in them. And he is the protector of Gizmo. And um, we wanted to go back in time and have our show take place during the time when uh, Mr. Wing, who we were calling Sam Wing. Sam Wing is 10 years old. He's growing up in 1920s Shanghai. So it's over 100 years ago. Shanghai is this crazy city that's bustling. And he meets Gizmo, who has been um, uh, in our opening. He kind of separated from his home, his homeland, the Valley of Jade. And it's up to Sam, who's a 10-year-old kid, uh, L, who is a 12-year-old French street thief, and Gizmo, to bring him back to the Valley of Jade. And as they're doing that, they're also being pursued by some bad guys. And those bad guys, some are human, but some are also supernatural creatures. And some are evil mogwai that Gizmo has spawned uh, in the pilot. I love that. And do we call them gremlins in this series, the evil mogwai? We call them mogwai. I don't believe we call them gremlins. There might have been a little Easter egg where we we nod um, towards it. Um, and for any parents that are listening, like the, um, this is a show that we really wanted to create so that families could watch it together. You know, it's something, there's something in there for the parents, things in there for the kids, teenagers. Um, a lot of the writers in the writer's room are parents. One of the most fun things about being in the room was as we were brainstorming saying like, oh, what would our kids like to see? And, you know, 
is this going to be is this going to be scary for them? Is this going to be funny? How do we make the scares scary, but also make make it really funny at the same time? Awesome. Uh, last question about the show: Is there any other Easter eggs that you think are super cool that parents might want to watch out for? So one of the things we talked about a lot in the writers' room because we we're all huge Gremlins fans and we grew up watching those movies was how do you create a bunch of Easter eggs uh, throughout the series? So there are dozens of them um, throughout the first 10 episodes, and we hope that people will pick up on them and discuss them. Um, but they're really, they were really fun to hide in the show. Awesome. Um, can I ask you, what's your cultural heritage or background? So my mom is Singaporean, and, uh, but ethnically Chinese. And my dad is from Hong Kong and really making this show is such a joy because a lot of the mythology, a lot of the spirits and creatures that populate uh, 1920s China and are kind of after our heroes are monsters and creatures that I grew up hearing about. And um, in American media, there's not really a lot of depiction of them. And so what's really fun about the show is even though I was really familiar with these spirits and creatures and Chinese mythology and Chinese horror, um, introducing that to American audiences that might not be familiar with it was, uh, was really a joy. And it's been a, it's been a dream. Uh, do you celebrate AAPI month? And if so, how? A couple of years ago, I did a thing. I think it was starting during uh, AAPI, AAPI month um, where on social media, on Twitter, uh, I boosted a different Asian American creator every day. And I thought I was going to do it for just a little bit of time, but I ended up doing it for an entire year because as I started looking at who was working and all these different industries, it was just really incredible and inspiring to see so many Asian American creators. And you know, to me, Asian Heritage Month, month is like kind of year, year round. And um, I'm really blessed in that, um, not only just in terms of the friends that I have, but also for the Gremlins crew, there was a lot of Asian representation and, um, being able to work with other Asian artists was, was really great. Awesome. That is amazing. Now, is there, is there anything else you'd like to say to our tenors, our audience before you go? So Gremlins was a really formative movie for me and my other writers in the writer's room. And we just love Gizmo and all those characters so much. And we hope that um, you guys will fall in love with Gizmo as well, because he's adorable. <laughs> Gizmo's the best. Thanks, Z. Mogwais are just so cute. Just don't feed him after midnight. You can catch Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai on Max on May 23rd. Now it's time for a few more shout-outs from you amazing tenors and even one from one of our grown-up listeners. Breaking news! Missy's an awesome mom because she cheers me on at sports. I love you, Mom. Breaking news. My mom, Molly, is the best. Happy Mother's Day. Breaking news. My mom, Molly, is the best because she takes care of her two lovely children, me and my brother, Henry. I love you, Mom. Breaking news. My mom, Noelle, is an awesome artist. I love you, Mom. 
My mom's name is Sherry, and you know every single Sherry I've ever met in my life has been a very fun person. But my mom, my Sherry, is the funnest, and uh, nobody calls her Sherry. Everybody calls her Cookie. And there's one thing you need to know about Cookie is that she makes every situation more fun, even like the really hard ones. She's a really fun person and a loving person. So, Mom, if you're listening, Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. These were so awesome. We hope all you moms out there feel the love from all of us at The 10 News. Love you, Mom. Welcome to the Trivia Room. Oh, hello, Mr. Mogwai. Oh, you're so cute. I was just about to do trivia. How about you hop on up on the trivia throne for today's trivia question? The 2020 U.S. Census found that 24 million Americans identified as Asian, and another 1.6 million identified as Native Hawaiian or Pacific Islanders. AAPI Heritage Month celebrates more than 50 ethnic groups, but do you know how many languages those groups speak? Is it A, 10, B, 50, or C, 100? Tenors, did you guess it? Mr. Mogwai, what's your answer? The answer is C. AAPI communities speak over 100 different languages. The most commonly spoken in the U.S. are Chinese, Tagalog, Vietnamese, Korean, Hindi, and Urdu. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Mogwai. Now, on your way. Tenors, do you want to sit on the trivia throne and share your trivia knowledge? Visit the10news.com slash contact to get in touch, and we might have you on the show. Hey, Ryan, wake up. What are you still doing here after midnight? Uh, good morning, Pete. Wait, evening? Well, I, I, I ate too many snacks and fell asleep. What are you still doing here? Well, I lost track of time playing with this cute little mogwai. I think he's hungry. Oh, yeah, probably. No, wait! Sweet, fancy Moses! I have an idea. Z, it's Ryan. Sorry for the late call. Uh, but what should I do if I accidentally took a nap, fell asleep, and then woke up and a mogwai was eating at 12.07 a.m.? You should call your loved ones and you should run away as fast as possible. Oh, boy. Um, maybe you should give 10 news snaps before things get out of hand. Yep. But before we do, here's a quick note for the grown-ups. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia. Every single week, movies, music, even science and Disney, we've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into 
epic adventures. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Time for 10 new snaps. Tenor Carson wrote this review of the 10 news. Best podcast ever. Helped you learn stuff in a fun way. Thanks, Carson. And thanks for listening to the 10 news. 10 Things You Need to Know drops every Tuesday and our in-depth reports drop every Wednesday. But if you want some bonus content, you can join the Tenors Club on our website or on Apple Podcasts. The 10 News is a co-production of Small But Mighty Media and Next Chapter Podcasts. The 10 News creative team is trying to get the gremlin out of the studio and includes Tracy Crooks, Pete Musto, and Tessa Flannery. Special thanks to correspondent Kareem Katabayan. Our production director is Jeremiah Tittle, and our executive producers are Donald Albright and show creator Tracy Leeds Kaplan. I'm Ryan Willard. And I'm Pamela Kirkland. Thanks for listening to the 10 News. 